Hello friends and welcome to the midweek edition of the Kings of Anglia pod. It's going to be a little shorter one today. Midweek pod light. I'm your host as ever, Mark Heath, and with me, the same lineup as Monday. We go again. Andy Hutch Warren wearing a very fetching Hertha Berlin training top and having a haircut, Hutchie, looking very swish indeed today. How are you? Swish is not a word I'd use to describe my hair ever. My my <laughs> hair my hair is standard. You two you two are the, the slick the slick uh, style boys. Although Mark, you're looking you're looking a bit fluffy today. Have you uh you just washed, got out just got out of the shower? Had a bit I've of washed, a hair wash? I washed my hair, yeah. Um and I haven't had time to style it, so I do apologize, um Hutchie, you have to see me like no, this. I like it. I like it, mate. It's different. i I'm I'm used to seeing the uh the slick Rick look from you, but it's um it's nice to see that sort of gods like yourself do also have sort of mere mere mortal moments. I look a like shambles. It. I look an absolute shambles. And speaking of shambles, obviously Rotty is with us today. How are you, Ross? I am very well, thank you. Very good. We had, we had a little day out together yesterday, didn't we? Which we'll come on to in due course. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. It was good to see you. you know? Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. You were looking good, Ross. I've got to say, you were wearing a, a nice uh, new coat. It looked like your beard's freshly yeah. trimmed. You were you were bang up for a, a trip around Portman Road. It was excellent to see you. First time since March. And Ross, <laughs> actually, Ross actually made me two cups of tea yesterday in the office. So things really have changed. You went in the office. Yeah. I wondered if that would ever happen again. Yeah, I, I, know, I, I, I know why you went in the office. There was something there for you to pick up, wasn't there? There was, yes. Uh, shout out Stefan Vashik, friend of the show, for sending us a lovely little bottle of single malt whiskey to say thank you for your service, boys. Uh, much appreciated. Obviously, that's the route to my heart, single malt whiskey. Um, Hutchie, what, what, I mean, obviously the KY Army probably looking to send us presents as well. Um, what would be the route to your heart, present-wise? Landscape gardening services. <laughs> I'm currently looking out my window at the moment. Um, we have, yeah, considering some plans for the garden. I spent £200 getting a fence panel, panel fixed yesterday. That was good. Um, so, yeah, if, if, anyone's, if anyone fancies sending the gift of landscape gardening, um, hit, hit me up. We must have some gardeners who listen to us. We, we have. I know for a fact that we have. And uh, I may well contact him at some point. Superb. And Ross, obviously, um, it's just Jaffa cakes for you, isn't it? Yeah, just any any cake, really. <laughs> cakes or cake biscuits, anything like that. Happy days. He's not fussy, so get the cakes in. I don't know what, I don't know what it would be for stew, to be honest, um, in terms of interest slash gifts for stew. Women's Actually, jeans. Uh, women, of course, women's jeans. Yeah, he's, he's very fond of wearing women's jeans, <laughs> as we found out back in the day. So, yeah, maybe a pair of them. Maybe a pair of the, uh, the, the underpants that Ronaldo sports as well, of course, which he has to wear because of his saggy balls. Um, <laughs> now then, boys, let's talk about football. We'll do a little bit of a, um, a news roundup, I think, and then we'll, we'll move on to Portsmouth and obviously we'll finish with the uplifting edition of the strike to send everyone off to the weekend feeling good about themselves. Um, so news roundup time. Let's go sequentially. Since we last spoke, Ipswich Town, Ross, you were there on Monday, Portman Road, the baby blues, the young blues, they scored one hell of a dramatic come-from-behind win against Premier League Fulham. 2-0 down at half-time. They won 3-2. Drama in added time, Ross. Talk us through it. Oh, it was foggy. I'll, I'll tell you that. It was a foggy, foggy night at Portman Road. I could barely see the goalkeepers. Um, very cold. But that's, that's just me. But the game itself, uh, I, I thought the game was done, you know, dead and buried in the first half, you know, 2 0 up for Fulham. Um, as Adam Ate said in his interview after the game, he sort of felt his team sort of let Fulham just 
go out and score two goals. They were too nice to them, you know, mm. being very nice to them. But then the second half, you know, a few tactical changes. We got an equaliser from Brooklyn. I won't try to pronounce his last name because that is... Please try and pronounce. Please, yeah, please try and do it. Oh, do it. Cabalogo. Cabalogolo. Yeah. Uh, cl- close enough. But um, yeah, he got up. Close enough, yeah. Yeah, close enough. He's a big boy. Him and Elkin, they're massive. They're like 17 years old or 18 and they're like six foot five or something ridiculous like that. Should be yeah. basketball players. They're units. Pretty much. But um, yeah, he got head up to get Paul goal back and then in the 88th minute, I was sort of like in my head thinking of the cold. I was like, I don't want this game to go an extra time. So when we got the penalty, I thought, oh, great, but it's going to be cold. But Liam Gibbs, he equalised through the penalty spot and I thought the game was going to go into extra time. But out of nowhere, Nico Valentino with a massive header and he's like five foot five, very small. Somehow he got to a header, heads it to Harley Curtis who then scores a late winner. Knee slides, dramatic celebrations. The bench was off to celebrate with the team and we're through to the next round. I was very, very pleased that this game didn't go to extra time because I was freezing my balls off. <laughs> Who did you say there? Nico Valentino? What a name. That's I, think, I think that is his last name. I know his ah. first name is definitely Nico. And his is, it, last is, it, name... is it Nico Valentine? I think... Stu did, a, Stu did a profile for um, the web this morning and, and print today about the, the Youth Cup heroes because um, obviously we know fans like reading about the young kids coming through. And I think Nico Valentine is the guy with the brother, Xavier Valentine, yeah. who is a, a former rugby player. Um, yeah, and as you say, Adam Ate, um, speaking after the game, he was he was obviously very, very pleased with the result. But also, he said there's, there's a vast amount of talent in the changing room, he said. That was the uh, the quote. And his his job, essentially, is to not just get them through into the first team, obviously referencing Liam Gibbs and, and Elkin Bagat, the man who's bigger than the club, um, <laughs> but then to make the first team better, which obviously is, is fantastic to hear. Don't just go and make up the numbers. And we think the, um, the next round, the fourth round draw is tomorrow, do we, Ross? I think so. Don't quote me on that. But, yeah, keep your eye out, I'm sure. Someone will put it out at some point. So there yeah. you go. That's that's added value there from us. Uh, yeah. Keep, keep so, yeah. your eye out. It'll, it'll happen at some point. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> we should take that approach to writing stories, actually. Yeah. Uh, don't, don't worry about Keep your eye game. out. D- yeah. Saturday. We'll we'll say something about Saturday's match at some point. Don't worry. Yeah. It might be Monday. Might be might be next Thursday. Um, right, actually. Next next on the news roundup. A rumour which broke, I think it was Monday night after we'd done the pod. Um, you were a big fan of this rumour. Um, it came, I can't remember where it came from now. Was it 90minfootball.com or something? Um, yeah. But it, it was a pretty, they'd written it pretty strong saying that Celtic were considering, in inverted commas, inverted quote marks, sorry, um, a move for Paul Lambert should they part company with Neil Lennon, who's very much under fire. Obviously, Lambert has played for big clubs. He doesn't really mention it. Um, Celtic being one of them. Uh, and he's something of a hero there. Your your take on this, Hutchie, it seems, looking at Lambert's CV as a manager, that that would be quite an extraordinary move if that does happen. I can't I can't see it. And I know that would disappoint that would disappoint a lot of people um at the moment, but he'd walk up there in bare feet to take that job. He'd set off in the middle of the night and, and trudge his way up in bare feet, I'm sure, because that's a, a massive job, for, especially for a player that's played for Celtic. But I think I think it says a lot 
and this is famous last words here. It says it says a lot that that was that was published by by that website on on Monday evening, and it, it's not really been picked up by anybody else. Um, yeah. I think that probably tells you a fair amount about um, about the situation there. Um, within about an hour of that being published as well, Celtic Celtic issued a a vote of confidence in Neil Lennon. Um, which seemed, you know, we always talk about votes of confidence being the dreaded vote of confidence. It seemed seemed relatively genuine, this one. We'll see. But um they've been talking about Eddie Howe taking that job at Celtic for quite for quite some time. And in and if if there was a change of course towards Paul Lambert from there, I'm not sure how that would go down because his I would say his stock to his stock to take that to take that job, which I'm sure is one that he's been looking at for a long time, has been has been drifting for for a few years now. So um, mm. no, I I would be I would be amazed if if that happened. Um, potentially, potentially, if Paul was a was a free agent, they could maybe do what what Celtic did originally with Neil Lennon coming back, which was bring in someone who sort of knew Celtic and knew the values and knew the job in hand. He was brought in as almost a caretaker. He, but he, when Brendan Rodgers left, Lennon, Lennon came back. He'd obviously won everything with Celtic previously. He was a free, I think he was a free agent, came back in, took the job as a caretaker and ended up winning the treble and wow. as, as caretaker and is still there now. If if they made a change in a few months and Paul happened to be to be free, then then maybe maybe as a, an interim measure with a chance to win a win the job but um in terms of going out and sort of almost having to poach him as as kind of the main man for that job i i would be surprised if i'd be i'd be very surprised if that happened to be quite to be quite honest yeah i mean nothing on his recent cv suggests that he would be a contender realistic candidate for that for that job based on his achievements as a manager um, so that that would seem very unlikely. Uh, and just finally, in the news roundup, Hutchie, we've had a, we've had a few uh, words from Andre Dezel released this morning, just explaining why he's uh, he's signed a new deal, which obviously is, is great news. Um, can you bring us up to speed on that? Multiple reasons, it would appear. But you know, I know we spoke about this the other day. The other day, but it's still it still feels like such good news that they've managed to get this one done. Andre's. Andre's clearly clearly enjoying his football. Finally, getting that run in the team that he's after, and that's a big, you know, a big plus point for him as well. But also the chance to to sort of carry on his journey playing alongside mates of his that he they've been friends since primary school. People like Andre Flynn Downs and and Luke Wilfenden since they were primary school age, sort of playing together, coming up through that academy. Um, so yeah, all of that all of that's combined for him to be. Uh, to be staying and that's great news. Can I just go back to the Lambert thing very quickly? I'm currently mm. I'm current I'm currently looking down the odds of um the odds lists, which if you know it doesn't take an awful lot to swing odds and you'd think sort of a, a story of that strength saying that Paul Lambert's gonna be the man, you would think that would that would swing the odds massively, but it, it really hasn't. He's still at twenty five to one. Like Probably twentieth on this list, and top top of them are Eddie Howe, Martin O'Neill, even Jack, our old friend Jack Ross is in there at four to one. Dan Petrescu, Roy Keane is above him in the odds. Uh, Paolo Di Canio. Wow, there's, there's some great names in here. Dan Petrescu, Sergei Rebrov, Slavin Bilic, Alex Neal, who would be a good appointment potentially as a bit of an outsider. Rafael Benitez is on there. John Terry. 
Marco Silva, Patrick Vieira, Ralph Rangnick, Moisey, and then you get down to Paul Lambert. It's uh, seems it's it, it yeah it's see Tony Mowbray's on there as well. Um, some great names on here: Didier Agat, Rooney, big <laughs> big big Sam. This is great. Wayne Rooney's on there. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. Yeah, so um, yeah, it it seems to me like that's incredibly, incredibly unlikely. Um, but you can see why he might fancy that. I'll just leave it at that. Absolutely. Um, just just reading out a couple of quotes from Andre. Um, obviously referencing the, the the kids that he played with in the in the youth setup into the first team. Coming through with them is special. So hopefully we can all kick on together. He says. Obviously making reference to his pals, Flynn and Wolfie. I'm enjoying my football at the moment, but it's a challenge in League One. We know we don't belong here, so we need to dig ourselves out of it. We want to get back into the Championship as soon as possible, meaning this season. Then we have to try and establish ourselves and even get to the Premier League. That's my aim. So Andre saying all the right things and certainly um, getting more of a chance this season, which is great to see and, and fantastic to see him signed for the long term. Right then, that's the news roundup done, boys. Obviously, the big talking point ahead uh, of this weekend is the return of fans. Finally, it seems like it's been forever, but since March, we've been allowed to put that will all change. The um, um, me and me and Ross were, were lucky enough to have a little tour of the ground, and we'll maybe talk a little bit about how that's all going to work. But first of all, I'm going to make a statement, boys, which I want you to listen to and then react to. Um, this game, Ipswich Town v Portsmouth, with fans finally back, is the most important game Ipswich Town have played since the playoff semi-finals against Norwich in mixed era. That's my claim. Here's my working. The season is very much balanced on a precipice. Town are in third. They've not been able to beat a promotion rival yet. They've got a chance to do that again. And they've got fans back in the ground for the first time. Imagine if they can pull out the win. Imagine they can do that in front of the fans. For me, that could be a real lift-off moment for the season. Or, of course, it could go the other way. The 2-0 down at half-time end up losing 3-0. Fans are there. They're back. And they make their feelings known. And it all starts to fall apart again. So, that's my claim. The most important game Town have played since that playoff semi-final. Andy Warren, do you agree or disagree? I'm going to disagree. Um... I'm going to put forward my own slight, slight, um, slight change to that. I'm going to say it's the most important game of Paul Lambert's time in charge of Ipswich Town. Um, yep. Bizarrely, my argument, my argument for why it's not the biggest game since Mick is also going to focus on Paul Lambert. I think biggest game, bigger games for the club in the Championship. I think in terms of. Argue actually under Paul's management, which is a bit weird, but I'm still going to make these two claims alongside each other. Um, but for Paul Lambert, I agree this is this is a really big game for the exact reasons that you've just the exact reasons that you've just said. Rossi, how do you feel about it? How big is this game on a scale of one to massive? Uh, I wouldn't say massive. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take both of your points. Um, I think I think. Both the these get like the playoffs and this was very different. Or well, the world was very different back then. Well, yeah, that's and, that's uh, accurate. Yeah, and uh, of course that game against Norwich was a chance to go to the playoff final to go and play in the Premier League and all the millions while we're playing Portsmouth. 
um, who are, we're in League One together, third and fourth in the league. Um, but in terms of fans coming back, I'm sure, you know, there's a few fans who are still maybe trying to keep their faith for Lambert. But if they go there and see a very bad game, yeah, it could turn a little bit more than they first. But then I think fans are just happy to be back in the stadium. I don't care. I don't think they care about what the football is in front of them. They're just happy to be in a football stadium to watch a game of football in the cold. I think they'll be happy to be back. But if, yeah. if town if town are three 0 down at half time, that will that will quickly change, I reckon. I, yeah. I don't I don't think they'll be too impressed with a with a bad performance and you know a hammering against another promotion rival. So for me, obviously I'm not saying it was bigger than the Norwich games, that they were clearly much bigger games in the scheme of things. But I think for the season this feels like it is a huge potential turning point with fans back. So fingers crossed, obviously, we can get the right result. And, and Roscoe, me and you were there yesterday. Um, it's going to be football, but not as we know it, I think it's fair to say. They've got so many rules and regulations they have to adapt and, and bring in. So much new signage they have to put down, um, one-way systems. And I guess the biggest, the biggest thing that I didn't realise until we went yesterday, which I think has only just changed recently, is that um, fans are going to have to keep face masks on throughout the whole game. Originally, they put out, um, you could wear them uh, just until you get to your seat, and then obviously you can take them off. But yesterday, um, speaking to Dan at the club, as we did a little video, which is available to watch on our socials and will be online later on, um, the uh, the instruction is you have to keep it on unless you're eating or drinking. Um, you can sing, you can chant, you can do whatever else, call a referee wanker like you would normally do at a football match. But that all has to be from behind a face mask. Um, uh, Rossi, you were there with me yesterday. It is going to be a very strange experience, isn't it, for, for football fans back at Portman Road on Saturday? Yeah, definitely. But you can bring your own food. So bring a KFC, McDonald's, whatever you fancy. I don't know. I don't know if that's... I think maybe maybe pack lunches, maybe. Yeah, again, I'm, again, I'm not sure Ross is giving you the right information there. <laughs> yeah. um, you, you are allowed... There's obviously no food and drink being served on the day from the usual outlets in the ground. Um, you can take your own food and drink, but I'm not, I don't think they're thinking McDonald's, Roscoe. Okay. Um, I, think, I think they're thinking more sandwiches in a, in a pack-up scenario. Um, yeah. We're thinking McDonald's. Yeah. Um, and obviously, the, the other difference is, just to run through them quickly, you have a, an arrival time. It tells you where to go in terms of how to enter the ground. Once you're into the ground... Um, after having your temperature taken, you don't have to go straight to your seat. There's no milling around. Um, so if you are told you have to be there at one thirty, you're going to be sitting in your seat from one thirty until kickoff, unless you need a wee um, or, or solids, of course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, that's it. So um, and also you've got to try and avoid if the ball comes anywhere near you, resist the urge to pick it up and throw it back, um, because that's obviously an issue from COVID regulation point of view. And also at full time. Or after 80, if you want to leave after 85 minutes or uh, in the run-up to full-time, you have to stay in your seat and, and wait for the stewards to give you permission to leave. So they obviously don't want people leaving together at the same time. Um, that won't be a problem, obviously, at Town are 3-0 down at half-time. <laughs> um, so, Andy, you've been obviously attending games, covering games um, without fans for, for a period. And I know it's only 2,000 fans, and under normal circumstances, we'd say, 2000 fans the atmosphere is going to be dire but it's going to be so good i think to have actual fan reaction in a ground you know ground again clapping chanting singing it's going to be great isn't it it was really good at plymouth I, we talked about this on monday but it, it 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 didn't that it didn't feel like it was a tenth full i'll be honest it that because that's essentially what it was at plymouth at, at ipswich that's going to be what like 7% full yeah something like that is that good maths have i just done that 
Have I done that all right? What's capacity at Portman Road? 30,000, isn't uh, it? 30,000. 10% would be 3,000. 3, it's not a lot. It's, I mean, yeah, it's not a lot. I, I, journalists yeah. famous, famously rubbish at maths. This isn't, this isn't a yeah. This isn't a maths podcast. Let's move <laughs> on. But um, you wouldn't. You would have thought there were more in there at Plymouth than there were mm. at the weekend. And it is, yeah, it, it's going to be good. It's going to be strange, of course it is, and and it's maybe it's probably stranger for the fans that are, are there watching than it was kind of from our position where we're sitting in an empty part of the stadium looking at mm. it. It, it, the actual experience of the supporter is going to be more odd than the kind of overall sum of having those people in the ground, if that makes sense. Because it it felt really normal just with people seeing people outside and, and, and hearing the, the noises and the, the hum of burger vans, which were outside, I think, and um, things like that at, at Plymouth and seeing colours again. It, it just felt normal. And, and I used to for, for supporters that are going to have to be very just at the game the kind of the routine of going to the game is going to be different for so many people they won't be necessarily they but well, i doubt there'll be anyone in that ground almost that's sitting in their season ticket seat mm. um they'll be going with different people there's no trip to the pub necessarily before the game there's there's all of the things that kind of made a day out at the football what it was have all been kind of stripped away and only a couple of them put back in. But it's going to be so, it's going to be really, really good to, just to see some people back inside Portman Road again. But Mark, I think you're, I think you're spot on when you, when, when you say that if they're 2-0 down at half time to Portsmouth, I think it might, it might kind of lessen people's feelings of, of, of joy of, of being back because, you know, they, people may well be back at games, but they they have been following it. Like they've been they've been watching the game since, and that, and that could change that could change things. But I'd imagine everybody's going to be going to this game with kind of open, mm. open, open mind, ready to enjoy it. Yeah, a lot of the comments we've been having on social media are people just saying, "I, I got tickets in the ballot, and I didn't realise until I got tickets just how much I've missed it and how much this has kind of stoked the fire again to be able to go back." And, uh, and watch a game. Um, and that's why, for me, I think it is so, so important that Town play well. And, uh, you know, if they could get a result against Pompey, a genuine promotion rival, third against fourth, I really feel like it could be lift-off for the season. And having fans back would be just that kind of icing on the on the cake. Um, I, I should also mention only two stands are going to be open uh, at the weekend, the South Stand and the Co-op, which, again, will be very odd. Um, but fingers crossed, everyone who's going has a great day. Ross will be milling around outside beforehand, looking to speak to people um, about how they're feeling about the game. So if you do see, go up and say hello and do a bit of video with him. That'd be tremendous. Um, and obviously, Ross will be outside after the game as well, trying to get some reaction. Um, what do we think about the game itself then, Hutchie? We, we've, we've talked about having fans back, which clearly is, is the main storyline. On any other week, though, third versus fourth would be a big game. How are you feeling about this one is is this the game that we're finally going to see town stick it to a promotion rival oh they've got they've got to do it at some point it's it, it, it this is the biggest question mark over paul lambert for me it's not being able to win these games simply they can't win them two out of 18 last season one out of one out of six this season and the one this season was against accrington at home we've seen the full range we've seen them absolutely battered at home by peterborough Last season, we've seen the miserable 1-0 home losses to, to Coventry and Fleetwood at the end of last season. We've seen them lose to 
lose at home to Portsmouth already this season in the FA Cup. We've seen them lose at Sunderland by an odd goal with some dodgy refereeing decisions, but it all adds up to them not winning these games. And they to fully turn people's opinion around, that those that have kind of checked out on on Paul Lambert and this team, they have to win these games. They're mm. capa- I think they're capable of doing it, which seems a strange thing to say, even when all of the evidence says they're not. But mm. I think they can. I think they can win these games. And I, I hope, I don't know if this is misplaced hope, but I, like you, I hope that if they can do it once, and there's no better day to do it than this, mm. then that, and that can set them going because they've got Burton on Tuesday, which is one of the ones that Ipswich tend to tend to win. They tend to beat these teams fairly comfortably. The the bottom end of the league teams, but then it's Peterborough away the following Saturday. They've got to, they've got to start winning these mm. games. They simply mm. got. What would you do with the team? I mean, we're not expecting any of the injured cavalry to come back. Oh, we obviously KVY was back training Monday, but it's going to be far too soon for him to jump back into the action. What, what would you do with the team? Would you start four, four, two? With Hawkins and Jackson up top, maybe, or I know, I know a lot of people would, but I, I probably wouldn't. I'd, I'd keep that. I'd keep the Hawkins card up. I'd keep the Hawkins card up my sleeve potentially. Um, I would. I don't know. I'd be tempted. Assuming nobody else is injured and ev- and nobody's back, I'd be tempted to. I'd be tempted to go with the same again from Plymouth, but I, I'd i like to see Alan Judge play in the middle um, rather than rather than Dobra. I, d- I don't know. Dob- I like Dobra in the middle, but I like I like Dobra wide more than I like Judge wide. So I'd mm-hmm. maybe look at doing that. I know people are going to talk about going with the 4-4-2 like that, but that, that, that wouldn't be what I do because because I'd like to have Hawkins as as an option from the bench to change things. The one the one change that will come actually is going to be Andre Dezel, isn't it? Coming back mm. coming back into the side, which may even mean either Dobber or McGavin potentially potentially drop out. I don't know I don't know what he'll do there because no Nolan I'd imagine will start Lancaster. Mm. Lancaster's playing. But yeah Dezel will be back in in the anchor role. That's that's the one change. But I would probably I'd probably still go with the one up, the one up front, and then look to look to change it if it needs to be later on. I suppose thinking about it, the drawback of starting two up top is that they're the only strikers that are fit, aren't they? Senior strikers. Dryden's obviously yeah. injured again. Norwood's still still not at it. Um, so unless you're like a, a youth team striker essentially on the bench, um, you're not going to have an option coming off the bench. Ross, what, what would you do with the team? Um, same as Hutchie, really. I think it's always good to keep <coughs> some of your your card tricks up your sleeve, you know, um, as Del Boy did for Only Fours and Horses. Don't know why I randomly thought of that. that. Just and anyway, anyway, move on. Um, but yeah, Dazelle's back for the game, isn't he? Dazelle, Dazelle back. Yeah, yeah, we just said, yeah, yeah. yeah so sorry, sorry. He'll, he'll come back in. You're asleep. <laughs> um, so it's good to see him back. So we have a little bit more options there, but yeah, I'll, I'll pretty much what echo what Hutchie said. Pretty much. What did Hutchie say? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone's been caught out. I think. Um, yeah. Uh, all right, then, boys. I, I, I said that Corey and Darba should start up front. Ross. <laughs> yeah, I can't with, believe uh, you got. Can't, you agreed he's with big, that? He's a big lad. He's a big lad. Oh, I'm yeah. sure he can. Yeah, <laughs> print some headers and yeah. 
<laughs> Excellent. Right then, boys. Um, I'm going to ask you for a prediction. I know these are difficult to do, and I'm going to start because I, I want to be positive. And I, as I say, I just feel this could be such a turning point in the season if they can, if they can get this result in front of fans. Um, I'm. This is more hope than kind of judgment, really. But I, I'm going to say Town are going to win two one. Um, and I, I fingers crossed. I've never I've never wanted anything more, Hutchie. Um, <laughs> what, what, what are you saying, prediction-wise? Oh, oh, mate, I hope you're. I hope you're right because uh, so much more would seem right in this world if they could. Uh, they could do that on this day of all days. Um, I feel like I. I feel like having attended all of these over the last two years, I feel like I've been wounded by the by the uh, constant darts of of negativity. I, I can't. I can't bring myself to predict that they're going to do it as much as I want to. Um, I think it might be a draw. One sure wouldn't be the end of the world. Yeah, though, would no, it? no, it wouldn't. It wouldn't as long <laughs> as. Yeah, no, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be a disaster, but it. <laughs> they'd need. They'd need to play. They'd need to play well. But yeah. let's go one-one. Let's go one-one. One. Rossi, you still with us? One-one. Uh, yeah. No, no. Uh, I, I, I heard that bit. Um, well, we haven't got extra time this time because, um, of course, we play Ports in the FA Cup, so mm-hmm. we won't have that drama uh, when us waiting and have a half an hour in the cold. Uh, so I'm going to go for a draw as well, but I want to go Desmond because that was the scoreline before extra time. So two, four two. goals. Yep. A you know, if, if, it, if it does finish 2-2, and you know, you would imagine a 2-2 game is going to be fairly entertaining, again, that wouldn't be the end of the world in front of fans. So fingers crossed. The main thing is, I think, Town avoid defeat and, and play half well. Um, and don't just capitulate like they have a, a habit of doing against the promotion rivals. Right then, boys, that's that done. Let's finish, shall we, with the highlight of any week, the strike, Rossi. Are you ready? Yes. Hello and welcome to another edition of The Strike. Brought to you by the greatest quiz show host on planet Earth, producer Ross. Okay, before I start this, do my intro, I want to apologise to Hachi. I wasn't deliberately ignoring him while he does his uh, pre-match to Portsmouth. I was just typing a message and then while that was happening I wasn't listening. So I just apologize. <laughs> anyway, so you, so you were you were ignoring me. Just yeah. but there's a re- oh. but there's a reason for it. That's yeah. that's what I you were ignoring you. I was trying to listen but I'm very bad at multitasking. I thought um, I thought what you were doing was probably researching the strike questions. Um but no you you claim you're messaging someone. Who are you messaging? It's actually got the guys from Game Day Extra Time because we're recording oh, yeah. tonight. So Oh I see. Yeah, more important friends now, is it? <laughs> Oh yeah, I've got my own podcast on a, yeah. on a Friday. I'm not so really interested in this one, lads. Oh yeah, okay, <laughs> fine. Uh, no, I, was also, I was also messaging my boy Adam Tanner. So yeah. What? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Just say Merry Christmas. Yeah. Anyway, let's, let's go. Let's do it. Yes, blast from the past. It doesn't yes. segue into Adam Tanner question. I'm sorry to say, um, but uh, Gareth McCauley. Celebrates, um, well, he celebrated his birthday last Saturday. Good old Gareth. How old is he? Oh, I don't know. 
<laughs> 40, 40, 41, I think. Ancient, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He joined town in 2008 from Leicester. But which team did he play for first in England for? Was it Bristol City, Hull City, or Lincoln City? <sighs> I saw quite a lot of Macaulay at Leicester because my wife's a Leicester fan. Uh, I always thought he was a decent player for Leicester. Um, I'm going to say him. Hull. It was him and Kiz Norbo at the back, wasn't it? At Leicester. Yeah. Yeah, and they went obviously when they got relegated from uh, from the championship. He was he was a, a regular starter there, but they had I think the best defensive record in the league, which is odd. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to say Hull City. Okay, I'm going to I don't know the answer to this. I'm going to say Lincoln. It's Lincoln. Bollocks. <laughs> ah. <laughs> and you that said means, you knew Gareth McCauley. That, that means Hutch's <laughs> one. That was my only chance. There was a question that he didn't know the answer to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tom Flesbeck <laughs> Lee Chapman <laughs> yep. Turn, turned 61 this week did he really? bloody hell yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Be, be careful with this question this yeah, be, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't worry don't worry it's yeah. about him scoring one goal for town Excellent. in 25 games yeah who was it against? it was a 2-1 win at home in the Premier League <laughs> uh, <laughs> you've got options Always Everton, options. Yeah, yeah. Everton, Southampton, or Leeds. Ooh. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Southampton. I'm gonna say Everton. Obviously, he went on and, and played for Leeds, didn't he? So I'm gonna say Everton. It's Southampton. Bollocks! Ah! So even, <laughs> when, even when Hutchie doesn't know the answers, he's still better than me. <laughs> Now it's uh, numbers game. Now, happy birthday, Thomas Holy. It's his birthday today. So big up the big check keeper. Big up yourself. Yeah. Um, now, this is Hutchie's ballpark. You love keepers. He loves clean sheets. Um, so how many clean sheets has Thomas Holy made in 39 games for the Blues? I think, that, I think the term is kept as opposed to made, unless you're talking about him making his bed. Egyptian cotton sheets. Yeah. Yes. They are, the, they are the tits, by the way, Egyptian cotton sheets. But anyway, I digress. Um, how many games has he played? 30 what? 39. I reckon he's kept 12 clean sheets. What? I was going to say 13. It's 16. Oh, <laughs> It's a whitewash. I hope Town perform better than me tomorrow. Yeah. Do you want the tiebreaker? Heath getting booed off from behind the masks. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's do the tiebreaker. Cool. Now, I think I've done this question before, but in a different way. A different way, though. I brought this guy up before because it's Thomas. No, no, it's Tommy Orr's birthday today. Do you know Tommy Orr? Tommy Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, turns 29 today. Now, he scored one goal in how many games for town? I didn't even realise he, he scored a goal, to be honest. It seems so long ago it's that he was Portsmouth. here. It was against Portsmouth. Was it? I remember there was a, a lot of excitement when he signed. Um, yeah. And then it, 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 it didn't really go anywhere. Yeah, he um, went back home, didn't he? He was yeah. homesick, apparently. Well, he said he was going to go back home and then sign for a team in Holland. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, or somewhere oh, else. Cyprus. I think he went to Cyprus, Cyprus. didn't he? Yeah, yeah. somewhere. I'm going to say, uh, how, how many games did he play for town? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say 17. 
Um, I'm going to say 15. It's nine. Oh, Jesus Christ. Nine games. Absolute whitewash. Heath shut out. Warren dominant. 4-0. 4-0. Embarrassing. Absolute shambales. And Heath, as you say, booed off by the wife, as I am every night. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Boys, um, this has been a shorter pod than normal today. Have either of you got anything else to mention? Um, Ross, I know you have, because you're doing something very exciting and new tomorrow night. Tell us about that. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be more, it's going to be as shambolic as the normal strike on the pod. But uh, live on the Kings of Anglia Instagram page, I'll be doing an Ipswich Town Christmas quiz. Uh, There will be eight questions for people to test their town knowledge. So I'm going to get three people on. As a boon, Aaron Tester will be defending his crown crown. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, Aaron is the champ champ from the KOA Lives. Uh, He's won both live strikes and now he's going to try and keep his title on another platform, which would be absolutely tremendous. Um, So the way it works, Ross, as I understand, is you obviously have to um, follow Kings of Anglia on Instagram and then you get a notification when you go live and then you just have to request to join the live and and, and then some lucky people will get to have their face alongside your face live on our Instagram page. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, poor, poor souls. Poor, poor souls. <laughs> but yes, um, and then, yeah, if you if you win, get the most questions right, you win a prize. And what's the prize? It's a mug. <laughs> You're a mug. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Is it is it the strike? Is it is it or is it a spin-off? No, there'll be there'll be um well actually what I can do is quickly tell you the answers. Yeah, all the questions. All the questions, but there's gonna be eight sort of eight sort of categories. So the categories are as follows. Let me get it up quickly. Bear with me. Bear with. Bear with. It's taken a while to load. So you've got um, the question one will be Pompey, because we're playing Pompey on the weekend. Question two will be December babies. So people who are born in December. <laughs> then Blast from the Past. It'll be a continental one. So players who played, who came over from Europe. Current players, former managers, Ross Meets guests. So the oh. players I spoke to on the yeah. Ross Meets. Yeah. And then, of course, Numbers Game. True of or course. false it will be, though. It'll be true or false for Numbers Game because um, we can't really go the closest number because it doesn't work with just one person. And okay. then finally... Town flashback on this week in town history. So I'll find a game that happened this week. So, yeah, there we go. Have you, have you thought about what, what to do uh, in the inevitable um, event that there's going to be a, a tiebreaker needed? Uh, fight off. A fight off. Wow, that's yeah. exciting. <laughs> yeah. Got to wear, Cal- got to wear calories in your dinner. That's... Yeah, yeah. Or if anyone, anyone who took part is still in the chat, they'll have to just, I'll have to do a question and I have to drop the question in the chat. And then whoever gets it right, I could just do a numbers game, closest number to the correct result, score, answer, whatever. Don't miss it. Seven o'clock, King's Ranger, Instagram Live tomorrow night. That's Friday night if you're listening to this on Friday. Um, and if you listen to it on Saturday, I'm afraid you've missed it. But excitingly, that's not your only chance to get involved with us on a live scenario. Because, boys, Kings of Anglia Live is coming back. This time, it's got bells on. It's a Christmas special. Wednesday, December the 23rd, 7pm, we're going to be sipping sherry, eating mince pies, and talking shit about Ipswich Town and other things with a festive feel. This, this year has been dreadful, so let's try and end it on a high. 
um, with a nice little Christmas special. You can sign up uh, on the Zoom link, which we'll share across all social media in due course. Um, if you want to get involved and speak to us, and obviously we want to speak to as many of you as possible. But you can also, like with Carrier Live 2, you can just watch passively on Facebook if you don't want, if you're too nervous to speak to the likes of Stu and Andy, who are big deals. Um, so that is happening Wednesday, December 23rd, 7pm, KI Live 3, Christmas special to so get involved. Hutchie, anything anything to add before we uh, we move on? No other business. No other business from Hutchie. Roscoe? I'm sorry to keep talking. Um, I just want to say a big shout out to Ed Lay, the drummer for the editors. Oh, what an absolute top bloke. He listens to the pod. He loves us guys. So, uh, <laughs> top man. Thanks, Ed. <laughs> he just is. Pick- he is a top guy. He's a top lad. I'll just pick that name up off the floor as well, Ross. We dropped it. Um, the 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 star of the editors, lovely. That's the kind of circles that you move in now. Uh, fantastic, and that's coming soon. Then is it, Ross? Yes, next week. Next my week. YTFC. Look out for that my TFC with Ed Lay from the editors. Um, right then, I guess we should take our leave. All that leaves me to say, as usual, leave us a five star review on iTunes, please, because that helps us greatly in the visibility in the charts and we want to be bigger than the kings of leon in the king's podcast ratings um and also follows across social media kings of anglia obviously on instagram is most important for tomorrow youtube we've now just broken a thousand subscribers you can see that video we did yesterday looking ahead to the uh, return of fans this weekend and also twitter and facebook have a great weekend if you're going to the game it's great to be able to say that isn't it for the first time if you're going to the game really enjoy it um, fingers crossed town, get the win, the season turns round and we can start building to the big event, which obviously is Kings of Anglia Live 3. Have a great weekend, everyone, and we'll speak to you next week. From true crime to football, Brexit to football, for more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.